Hey listeners, welcome back. I am Yiska Cook here today with a very special guest who is Daniel Rose, and I think he's going to play us a song before we get into our conversation. with the rose <laughs> it had oh, a similar yes so it's well, good hello. to see Jessica let's just talk with you Daniel so I know that you are a hypnotist and I wanted to talk to you about different brain waves and how there might be similarities between hypnosis and dreaming if you can Tell us about this. Jessica, that's super broad. Should we narrow it down to something even more specific? So, yeah, I mean, like what what brain, of the brain waves. So there's alpha, beta, delta, I mean, they name them like this. What, which brain wave would hypnosis be effective in? Some say the the dreamy state. of theta, for example, sometimes being, being suppressed, and uh, maybe the the person using a neurofeedback machine, where you could actually run a video game. It's a uh, a mechanism where the child, uh, no different, that could see in his mind, say, relaxation and calmness, and you would see perhaps that overactive mind, it would be dipping down in hertz, which would be a millionth of a current. And it could be measured on an EEG machine, an electroencephalogram, which is uh, often related to theta and lowering that metric could make, again, the video game could make the mouse go through the maze. And it's not like sophistication of, uh, you know, a whole video game, it's just a program, pick something else. So you're looking for feedback. You can also, again, with the awakened state, lower the theta, the daydreaming, and maybe raise, uh, say, uh, someone on the spectrum, uh, uh, often looking at beta, which might be somewhat geared towards uh, if that, say, person could do excellent in math or science and maps. And- okay, so, so beta is more of the world. How it's would you explain com- beta? I, I, I would almost say that it's too complex that for me to, be, to break it down. I was okay. mentioning I had my little... Oh, you have your chart. <laughs> it's like uh, just as a reference point. So the point, there, there's a common belief and then there's possible, um, you know, different views of things. So it's, uh, I happen to like an Andrew Huberman, uh, neuroscience person. That's uh, my, my, dream, my main dream teacher, Dr. Stephen Larson, is also very into neurofeedback. He's written quite a few books about it, I believe. Well, okay. I have a, I have a, like, some technology. This is a 
1970s polygraph machine. That would be the early kind of uh, EEG before it would be, it would be a biofeedback system. Yes. yes, yes. But that would be the predecessor of say a neurofeedback or an EE technology, which uh, so yes. dreams and related. So loosely, yes, uh, if yes. you hook up some dream states, um, uh, there's still the juries out in a lot of things and some things I'm sure people, if they were hearing this say, what do you mean this jury's out? Of course, how we already <laughs> know. And you know, there's some aspects at the prefrontal cortex or more specifically the dorsal left lateral prefrontal cortex that might see a message perhaps. The dorsal about, left lateral prefrontal yeah. cortex. So hypothetically, the... Yes. The feel that that person that might be seeing that dead bird on the road, hypothetically, yes. and they're going over a, a railroad track and they can feel that in their stomach or, and feel a visceral feel in some ways like a snapshot. And later the next day or six weeks later, there's a dream in which they, the correlation might not make sense at all. It could be just super random, yes. but that would be a perhaps the connection where someone could find uh, where that would be, might be somewhere in the sympathetic or parasympathetic where the physical body is now relaxed in sleep mode and letting the body yes. physically relax so that perhaps any number of the different functions that would open up that weren't previously opened up during yes. awakened state. So sometimes it's not, what's being actually used in the dream. It's like what's not suppressing the dream. Oh, that's interesting. So the Talmud states that nothing befalls an individual that hasn't already occurred in a dream. And I've been living with that thought for so many years. So I have found that when something occurs in my waking life that is hard for me or or makes me question i look for a previous dream that might talk to that event and i guess i can find it with a little bit of imagination with feeling just what you're saying the feeling i find it by the feeling oh the feeling of this dream is similar to the feeling of that waking life situation so you can make a connection to uh, like uh, to how how granular does that get? Is it thinking of a month and a date in which I dreamed on that Tuesday the thirteenth? I mean, no, it, it hasn't gotten that specific. I think just knowing this idea that nothing befalls a person without having already dreamed it. There have been moments in my life where I felt like, when did I dream this? You know, oh, this is like a hard moment. When did I dream about this? And when I, when I look back in my dream journals, and that's the thing, I keep a log, I keep a record of everything I've dreamed since I was 19. So wow. um, actually, probably I started journaling my dreams when I was 19, but I probably didn't do it regularly until I was like 27. But um, it's just, again, the feeling, you were talking about the feeling sense. It's really, oh, it feels like this, this dream feels like it could have been the one that reflected the information about this life event. I, I would ponder to think that there's probably like a, a probability factor. Like if you have, uh, there's some estimates, you know, maybe it's 
hundreds of dreams or little mini dreams, if you count, like segments of a Every night, or, right? Yeah. So many. Like, well, I get a theory again. We were talking off before uh, uh, the segment is beginning of uh, perhaps the person that can lift a car or go into a building um, and grab their kids. And maybe, oh, the later they find out they're burned, but the adrenaline and the fight and flight and how the body like instinct goes into yes. that, you know, mode. Maybe there's a lot you can think from that, you know, we're letting that wall down and getting out of the fight and played in a conscious state and understand and see that how that, but also the phenomena that took place, perhaps it does go back to the dreams where at least a, a decent percentage, maybe at least a, a third is like escape you know, some right, right. like yes. it's like a virtual simulator that when a this is what I'm talking happens. about, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's saying the same thing. If it hasn't happened before, I mean, uh, how is it said in the Talmud again? It says nothing befalls an individual that hasn't already happened in a dream. No, Jess, I'm agreeing with you. This is the dialogue of like, uh, you know, how how else it could be seen. Where's the like the two yeah. things? You know, um, Yiddish cup. This is the dialogue. It is. I love that. When I was much younger, I had numbers writing regularly. I wrote, life is a living conversation with a responsive universe. And that was how I was living then. And it's maybe harder to find in my day-to-day -day life now because I'm much more a homebody. You know, when I was on the road, miracles happened regularly, you know, and, and uh, foretelling and whatnot. But if I really listen carefully in my smaller life, I can, I can find so many synchronicities, coincidences, what feels like miracles. That is beautiful. It's a grounding feeling. Yeah, you were talking about that before. What do you mean a grounding? Like, I mean, obviously, I understand both feet on the ground and kind of, yeah, well, grounded. First we, have to, we have to relate what frame we're referencing this is because I was, believe I was giving you like a little mini hypnosis session that. Oh, I, okay. So that, that was separate. I, yeah. Yeah. No, but meaning within that groundingness, uh, you know, um, something that I would do with people that have uh, physical. Um, attributions, feelings, the connections where if they could release that fight and flight, maybe they might have scoliosis or fibromyalgia or Epstein-Barr's or rheumatoid arthritis. Who's saying they're not? But Great. they do know when they get stressed, they feel it more. Yes. You know, you may be a person that's having IBS or IBD, irritable bowel disease, maybe it's existing. However, over 30 years, it increase to the point they needed surgery after the divorce or after the right. incident so after the stressful yeah. Yeah, that's, I, you know i have multiple sclerosis yeah. and it obviously was a um you know a, a latent feature that i as you know susceptibility that i would have to this but after my mother died i was grieving so deeply my grieving was what they were considered complicated grieving that um that I ended up 
getting MS. I mean, I really was from that wanting to die. I wanted to die. I was writing poetry. Many, to you know what? How many death. years ago was that? That was 26 years ago. Okay, so 27 years ago, you did not have MS. I did not. Okay, and uh, so how old are you? I'm taking some notes. I'm just going to uh, do oh, like a little short little exercise. Oh, good, Because um, <laughs> you so are being old... my, my hypnotist. So I was 26, and now I've had it for 26 years. So you know what that feels like to me is it feels After like it feels like it's time to now not have it you know I've learned so much and every time I feel like I've learned so much then there's so much more learning to come of course life brings learning but well, I feel well, like I feel like now I just want to heal completely and then spend the rest of my life saying glory to God and speaking of God's wonderment and <clears throat> that's that's where I'll I'm throw at. you some if if there is some <laughs> benevolent being that exists, perhaps it could be like uh, if a person cuts their finger, and as long as they don't pick at it, it would right. heal. Right. They break a bone, it mend. And if you're looking at being 52 and half your life ago, for example, that you were in a better situation 27 something years ago, mm -hmm. perhaps whatever got in your mind was from that fight and flight, that parasympathetic, that autonomic nervous system, again, the medulla oblongata, the brainstem and sending that firing mechanism in any way, shape or form, we could break it down, but just saying at a certain point, maybe it's just science. Like again, to this yeah. point, just follow it. The gal that's 52 and she's had the her- The gal is 53 now. She just okay. had her birthday, well, February 27. <laughs> could you release baggage that perhaps would- um, can, you, can you help me please release more baggage? As we're speaking, keep this uh, yeah. recording. Just yes. sit in the chair. Sitting. And, and see yourself being centered, almost as if you could see the left right side of the body being very even and keep the eyes open, keep the eyes open and take a look and just take both hands like that and open the fingers like that and just let them release and pass. Open them again. Leave them like easy that. For oh, me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, just <laughs> the emphasis is uh, to the best you can. Let this yeah. be subtle. Like think about like a leaf that barely makes contact with the water yes. like, uh, that's resting. These comments, yes. barely, they're glancing ones. Take them in any way, shape or form. But I want to try something in a little bit that would be as simple as looking up. See with your uh, situation and health make it difficult with your eyes and face in any way. Are you in a relaxed way? Should you use a place that you could like put your head back or is that comfortable or um, we could do this another time and just maybe talk. let's let's put this meditation on hold perfect but, i like that we'll i would i would to love that. to do this i would love to release more and you know i'm all about let's get yep. the healing done my son my older son is getting married in july and my my hope and prayer and goal is to be able to walk him down the aisle uh, what's and the date the day is July 13th. Okay. It's, uh, um, can I ask, uh, 
how recent have you had uh, enough time? Like in the same way I, as a hypnotist, have, would help a person that says, There's, I, whatever it is, I, I want to go visit my mother before, you know, she's buried, you know, literally, but he can't get on an airplane. So it's always in the back of his head and years. And I mean, there's a thousand reasons you just said comfortable. Like if you put your hands like that, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but just let me see if I can see if I'm looking at it. I don't, I would say your left thumb is on top. Yes. Okay. And do that a few times and just let it get natural. Okay. Now take the hands and go like that. Watch what I'm doing. Wakanda forever. And just slowly take them apart and let that feel really nice when you do, when you get past it. Let Let that feel supple and relax in any way that feels right for you. But to give you an example, as simple as a cat landing on feet, taking a deep, deep breath, letting out slowly. These are things that just let the humanism get easier, like birds that are singing in a forest would tell nature. And at a certain point, letting something in one ear and out the other is good and indiscriminate. Perhaps you, if you're hearing this correct, you're saying at 26 that you were fine without MS, that you had an experience, a loss, that a... At 25, at 25, my mother died. She was yep. 50. And um, I developed MS at 26. Yep. And again, perhaps it was fluke. You know, I, I just saw a client with fourth stage cancer that sat in and in a, on one of my, another client. They were actually their own child. They wanted to leave this earth and at least not see you know, pain in their kids. So they brought yeah. them to the oh, goodness. However, I said, I have to work with you because you don't make it to my age without seeing some cancer in your world. And maybe again, it was luck, but she's no longer with cancer. And Is she still again, with, in the world? Back to work and everything. It's well, that's, perhaps that's wonderful. The, the blood cells, et cetera, that wanted to do, and just the blockage, you can come up with a thousand reasons, but yours is somewhat logical that either it's a coin flip and that it's luck or that your love Um, and the loss of your mother is directly responsible to the physical change that uh, is occurring that is now. And here's one other thing, if I may. Please. Um, when I was, when my mom passed away, and I, it was 1995, I was 25, and um, I went back to Colorado, where I used to live, and I went up to um, Four Mile Canyon outside of Boulder, and I was at my friend's cabin journaling in front of her wood stove. The wood stove, I guess the drawer was open, and in the wood, I saw burning the letters M S. And I wrote it in my journal. And what, what, what I, age was that? What age was what, that? Yeah. That was right after my mom died. Wow. But before I I guess so that was like yeah, my mom died October. That was like maybe December. What you I'm got writing there? A, I'm writing a list of old what to let go of. Yes. Is the visceral feel, the impact that blow, whatever the body had taken from and all the the mind connection 
I saw something yeah. in the fire said MS. My mind wasn't really there in the same way and right. liable to pick up any sorts of things. So things to let go would be that period of any darkness that the mind might have inadvertently. Oh, I like that. I've always felt a little um, clingy to that idea because that's what makes me think I'm not in this alone. The universe is in this with me. The universe showed me what may, what may come. And then they came, and so it helps me to feel not alone because God slash the universe slash the source, whatever it is, um, had told me that this was going to happen. So I'm accompanied. This being what? This is going to happen. Being what? Health is getting better. Then I have to deal with this illness and go through this whole life uh short you know period of time with learning and struggling and um opening so much so in the perfect if you had the new jacket imagine jessica you could in your dreams build upon this what would that look like i mean i can give you ideas of what other clients say you know, but uh, what would the new jab, if you put a lens onto the eye, like a, an exposure therapy, and even leave your eyes closed and see that as if the next two, three years were more calm and light, more relaxed and balanced, as if your mind guided your journey more eloquently, as if a lens was just cleared and the, the physicality flowed more easily and effortlessly at that fork in the road, the release of the old baggage as you can see it, but not attached anymore and feeling lighter. Like that feather barely making contact on that gentle stream. Sound of songbirds telling nature is all right and a reset button to all bodily function just flows like air we breathe, the calmness like a leaf floating free of mind and body, a radio signal to the mind, giving permission to keep in a nice gentle state, keen awareness and sharpness of the senses and the breath and the tendons and the electrical circuitry that fires the synapse in the mind that allows the bodily functions just to flow as we raise to a higher level, a degree like a dimmer switch as we raise it and clear the lens as if uh, forensically clear. Are you a Joe Dispenza student? Do you, do you know Joe? There's a teacher named Joe Dispenza. I've never heard of him. It's like he's just a square guy from the 50s. No, I, no. I know Joe Dispenza. Yes, it's a yeah. Okay, <laughs> and and just that, just what you're talking about reminded me of where he's saying when manifesting, bring all of your senses into it. So you're smelling the wildflower, you're feeling the cool water on your feet, you're you know feeling the wind in your hair, you know, on your face, and um, that's I, I just love that. So yes, you're. <laughs> so let's bring that back to you. 
in <clears throat> dreams again. Yes. And what you were saying before about neurofeedback or EEG yes. and neuroscience and the yes. um, the essence of what I do as a hypnotist is to to let whatever we're doing linger in the real world. So if you think about the neuroscience, the child that maybe is stressed and maybe going through something and maybe he's on the spectrum or just a, a high level peer pressure, you know, life, whatever it would be, Jordan, take a seat and see if you can make the mouse go through the maze, which basically is only gonna happen if he lowers his theta as we were speaking in that metric. And literally a person, a dad or mom who knows a little bit of computer could like raise the needle. I mean, literally that bar, which should be a Hertz, a millionth of a current of electrical, whatever that goes through the brain. You could see and see the baseline when they start. And then little by little, That's so what, cool. about, oh, what about grandma when you're there and then like in their, they're thinking from a different level that's like allowing them to feel peaceful. And maybe that kid is nonverbal hypothetically, but now think about when you're doing science and math and they're raising their beta. And then the, on the screen, the flower blooms when the one aspect is going or when they break the threshold, say it's 80 Hertz and, and they bring it down to 70 and 60 and go a little deeper, Jordan and deeper. And, and they're lowering the number right there, like working with a person. And when they break that, they're seeing it on the screen. And when everything goes right, they can keep it at that state, walk and go to the bathroom and come back and keep it at that state again, leave the office and much, most, if not all of that would perhaps linger. And that would be just Jordan. That might be in his own brain. He kind of unraveled the knot and now he's living say with high level thinking, but relaxed like he's at grandma's and, and yes. the average person doesn't do that. However, my so older son, and maybe in the same way that if you could think and be peaceful in the chair and see and feel that just kind of like a dream in which you go from lucid to awake and see if you could keep the awakened state, you know, with keeping the mind settled. If you hear thoughts and they're getting rattled, let it in one ear and let it out the other without digesting and yeah. see if you can keep us. So just like the boy in the perfect world and he's on the spectrum, he leaves, it's, you know, the other 90X percent, no, it doesn't work that well. It's the hey. real life, but it's like, a, but just thinking along the lines of getting your best state, no different than being on a vacation on a weekend. And when the person has a nice weekend, maybe a good Netflix could have been whatever the weekend, but they let that linger their best of things. And that's yes. perhaps, if you could sit still with eyes closed or what have, and later in the day or in the week or in the month, allowing that to linger perhaps is not the perfect secret sauce, but there will be a decent amount of people that have pain that's mental, like the, the sure. jaw, the shoulders, you know. Oh the my God, why did you just bring up the jaw? My jaw is in so much pain these days. What a, and I don't think I'm grinding my teeth, I'm not, because I use my tongue as like a tooth guard so I don't grind them and then you know but my job in the first place what's that did you grind them um is that part of the MS oh, Levis, oh um 
I never have heard that it is part of MS, but uh, I think, you know, whatever. Life is hard, man. <laughs> Life is hard. <laughs> Let hardship in one ear and out the other. It's uh, So I think I asked you some question via um, communication that uh, uh, asked if your MS was worse when you're anxious. Oh, yes, it is. Could you see where, like, uh, where, do you ever hear the Pink Floyd um, song? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It might have been on, uh, it, it might have been Uncomfortably Numb or on, uh, okay. okay, Temporary Lapse of Reasoning. Do you ever hear that quote? I should be I actually am not, it's not, it's not, so it might be not on the wall. I think if it was on the wall, I maybe would know that quote. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think it's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Or, or I'm going to give up on what it was on, but okay. sometimes <laughs> it's a, a temporary lapse of reasoning that happens in a person. You know, we're like, oh, what was I thinking? Or maybe you can't really, you know, remember yes. what was going on in the, or maybe for that one moment, the soldier just sees something. And we're all that soldier in some way. And something that, whether it be three months or three years, we weren't ourselves. So help me, God, excuse me, if I ever make it to the ground, I will never get on a plane again. You know, well, they recognized there was a temporary lapse of reasoning The you know, the, yes. the similar turbulence. A person is often good to recognize perhaps they did get some stuff into their mind. And whether that be over the age 25, 26 or the loss of you know, uh, a family member and recognizing my mind wasn't all there. Minimally, I was human and received death in the own way. And plus my contacts and whatever was going on that might have multiplied that. I picked up whether it was just my time or not, but my symptoms. So whether we call it a label, letting go of the label, whatever it would be, my body needs to see it perhaps as I picked something up during moments of stress, temporary lapse of reasoning, the loss of someone, and at least ask my brain to minimally, whatever is going on at this age of 53, like a wound on a finger, let it heal without picking at it. So maybe it'll never yes. return back yes. to your normal best yes. and whatever it would be, but no more uh, than it needs to be. 63, 73, 83, if my mind's thinking, oh, I'm getting older, it's like, no, if I can balance out my age with the fact that I'm working good mental skills and balance like a cat landing on feet. I allow my, you know, I stand out of my own way. I just let certain thoughts and with that, I let go of labels and anything that I picked up in my mind. And hey, you fake it until you make it. I'm always careful. I when huh? people say my MS, I'm, I'm always careful. Don't say my MS. You don't have ownership of it, nor would you want it to be a part, possibly, if you don't want it to be a part of you, it's not mine, you know, the MS. So I try to separate myself in it in, in, in that way from the disease. disease. I can be long-winded maybe on another session or maybe not at all, Like, but I, I have worked with a lot of fascinating, you can't be in this line of work without occasionally picking up some kind of things where uh, um, maybe they're just, uh, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. I have a 
it's a touching story of a hypnotist. Um, I'll leave his name nameless. Um, I've known him for about 15 years and he would handle my Spanish clients. And I had a person that said he was really a, kind of hard pressed on me. He wanted to come in again and bring his mother, but his mother only spoke Spanish. And, and my friend Caesar, when I called five, six times, never called me back. So as the story unravels, I finally get a text from his wife and saying, uh, you know, this is Bianca and, uh, you know, sorry, uh, he can't text his hands, his early stage Parkinson's. Oh up. Um, he had never recovered from COVID or at least whatever we call COVID or whatever, right, or, right, whatever. whatever is, you know, whatever person's frame of mind, but the, the frame of time was that, um, uh, something that he felt a little bit of. Now he's two, two and a half years into it. And I thought, you know, uh, can I, can I, can I visit him? Because again, he's a hypnotist. It's like uh, maybe it'll be quick and easy. He knows the routine. Known him for fifteen years. I needed some good karma in my life, you know, to give out to the universe. So I wasn't far from um, my trip and. Um, um, off of Route 287 in Morristown area, et cetera. And, uh, 287. And, uh, yeah. I, know, yeah. I know your neck of the woods. So I, I go and say, Bianca, and a nice, uh, um, nice little meet and greet. And he wanted to shake my hand, but like his sand, and how's it going? And he just kind of nodded. And intuitively, I just, you know, kind of just, didn't think I had a whole plan of talking him through and going and this and that. I just kind of like a faith either, like instead of laying him to the ground, I just suggested that it starts and he just lied and became peaceful. And and uh, all my good verbiage and linguistics and all these go well, up uh, eight minutes, 10 minutes, whatever going on. If I lean on his body, it'll slow down. And when I lift off of it, it'd be like, you know, you, you, you could see that like it would linger a little bit, but that was as much progress as we had going into 12, 15 minutes. And, you know, um, I wasn't charging and uh, money and uh, I didn't mind staying there longer. It was nice and peaceful. And uh, at the same time, it was like, you know, well, and it crossed my mind, what did I have to lose? And one of the things they say is sometimes repetitive and I did some things and I just kept on going like a movie theater, see it in your head. And now it's playing a thousand times over and just hit with so many different aspects by 18, 20 minutes, he finally just became more than 50% of his body was still and 20 minutes, yeah. 25 minutes. Well, That's incredible. And then he just stayed still for the first time in two and a half years. And then I spoke to him, I said, Caesar, you understand, your eyes are closed, but I'm here with your wife, and like you're as conscious as you are hypnotized, and give me a thumbs up, and and tell me, is this a good state that would feel? And then I asked him uh, in different ways, we'll say, to emerge and to see this as if it was, in picture 86 different ways to say, as if the movie was continuing in your head, as if the lens is now clear, as if you can lock down that golden helmet as if the body was already attuned as if you had a thousand lives more energy in that movie that whatever it would be but then I filmed him and he just kind of stood and 
the the Spanish, I don't know Spanish, Piquita Espanol, yes. and I filmed her. Easy. Later, some uh, Spanish people, she, oh, she said, you're the work of God, you're the salt of the earth. It's like uh, you brought upon, it's, it was, uh, you know, and it was what just, an honor, what an honor. Uh, I'm so glad. Four I'm later, so she she four months later. Sorry to say, but uh, my brain sometimes even sorry when listening. Sometimes if I don't finish the story, oh, oh wow. Sure, please don't let me. No, no, no. I'm I'm sorry. I'm saying, but four months later, um, she's saying, well, but she described his energy and his balance, but she said it's it's wavering and it kind of got beyond the like uh, maybe to say that maybe uh, less than half of it still held. But she wow. said, no energy, but, and but that's the lingering. But that would have been a 76 year old guy that felt this at 74 that might have just kept on going until he passed on and never saw like yes. a clearing, you know, and it would have just he accepted the labels. Oh, I got COVID and this happened. Well, you I know, like he, you talking about it as a clearing. Yeah. Like our life is, you know, going through the dark forest and there's challenges and there's, you know, branches sticking out and, um, but every now and then we come to a big clearing of soft grass and stillness or the wind freezing through the trees. That's a very beautiful thing. Hey, you've disappeared. Daniel. Did I? Oh, there you are. <laughs> so add a little of your dream theory to tell me about what I'm doing with hypnosis. Maybe let's talk about the, what you just shared in the dreams, just hit this one thought and you expand upon it. I've noticed in my dreams that it'll often show like expansiveness other than the ones where we're like preparing ourselves for danger. It's often openness, like a horizon, you know, not to offend anyone that's religious or but maybe we were all born on the plane of uh, the Savannah and we're used to seeing the horizon in the far distance. And maybe it's like a balancing, but I find that in dreams that I could see like uh, the expansiveness and I find that very grounding. And I often find in my waking state, like a dream that I'll look out and I'll notice the dimension and let the depth kind of, I feel like a groundingness to that, almost like if someone's standing on their feet or getting a good night's sleep. But may, what is it? May, may, may I ask you what your astrological sign is? No, you can't. It's a private oh, really? Day. I really don't want to know. I don't want people to know and look. Up, okay. Up, right. Up, I don't up, want to make. Oh, you're going to make. I was kidding. Judgment. I was joking. I was I'm joking. My it. God. It's Aquarius. My apologies, Jess. <laughs> you know, we don't know each other's humor, but it's. <laughs> no, you're it's Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Well, right. I would have guessed a thinker, Gemini or Aquarius, or what's the other mercurial thinkers, the air. Libra. So, um, so that's interesting. Yeah, so, we Aquarius, we're like a good 30, what is it, 30 million strong or something? Oh, is that so? We're a really niche group. Aquarius. <laughs> so, my friend, I really enjoyed this, this um, making of the podcast. It's soon midnight, so I do have to go to sleep. I will see you. I'll meet you in the collective unconscious. There we go. Okay. If I'll be tapping your shoulders. Yes, you can tap my shoulder. I'll dance with you. Yes. Would you like to dance? Dance.
Let your dreams fulfill you tonight, hon. Let the, uh, let the uh, fairy tale dust hit the reset button on your bodily functions. Amen. Yes, let's be a healing night for all who listen and everyone who is seeking healing. I like it. I like it. So in Hebrew, we say, Holomod metukim, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams, love, enjoy. I'll talk to you soon, Daniel. I, I think it has to end in the same way it began. Which is, oh yes, I agree 100%. Okay. Good night. I'd hon. rather be a spider than a snail. I don't know what you're playing, but it all sounds good. You know, I, I find my emotions. I feel like a big kid sometimes. Like if I'm talking to somebody, but I'm talking to a screen and I feel like, you know, yeah, some kind of element of high school comes back. Yeah. You know, peer pressure. Like I'm not thinking <laughs> peer pressure, but I'm like, I'm thinking. No I'm thinking peer pressure here. here. You know? <laughs> All connected. All connected. Good night, hon. Good night. Mwah. See you Bye. later. Bye. Bye.